Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. We're getting started right away. Here on time for once. And the gun topic while I'm inventorying So here's what we're going to do. Vault. I know there are some people day. in chat who would like me to approach this in different ways, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do this my way, the same way I do everything. The first thing, TTS. Oh god, I never turned that off. Good thing that happened now instead of in five minutes, or I would have been peeved. Alright, let's turn that off. This is also my way, I guess. Um, let's, uh, let's turn that off, and then we'll, uh, we'll get started for real. We're doing a real research stream. If any of you are expecting a segment out of this, I guess the whole stream would be a segment, but, you know, it's it's a research stream. We haven't done those in a while. Anyone who's annoying in chat, mods, I give you permission to do a one-day ban. Uh, anyone who spams any links, spams any info, repeatedly, insistently, uh, urges me to consider one particular piece of information, just, you know, I trust you. Any and Thana, I trust you both. What if that person is SDL? No exceptions. We have a fair community here. No double standards. That should, uh, that should close uh, TTS. Okay, here is what we are going to do. So, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is go over a very, very basic history of firearms in the United States. This is not going to be super comprehensive. I'm not a crazy, like, history gun nut. Uh, if you spend all day watching Hickok and Forgotten Weapons or whatever, then you're probably going to know way more than me. So, like, you, you, you know, just understand it's not about being super fastidious here. The next thing we're going to do is talk about my ideological biases when it comes to firearm ownership uh, and my goals, the limitations that I, um, you know, would want to impose and would not be comfortable imposing. Then we're going to make a Google uh, spreadsheet. What do they call it? A Google, Google sheet? Where we list out all of the possible types of gun control. Now, of course, there are an infinite number of potential laws you could pass, depending on how, you know, specific you want to be, but I'm talking general ideas here. So, like, like assault weapons ban, you know, even though there are a million ways you could do that, we, we can consider that just, like, its own category, you know, in theory, and we'll go through the info that we can find. Um, now, this is going to be as data-driven as it can be. It should be worth noting, though, just in case any um, bongers are going to get mad at me. I do not think there is any country in the world uh, that has a gun situation like the United States. Not even close. So data from other countries is not going to be fully applicable here. That doesn't mean it's worthless. It can still be useful and informative, but it's definitely not like a one-to-one -one thing. It just, it's just not. America's in a very unique situation when it comes to firearm ownership of civilians. So we're going to we're going to tackle that as best as we can. But the first thing that we need to do is cover the history of firearms. Not even Switzerland. Not even close with Switzerland. Like you'd be closer with Serbia. Anyway, let's let's get started, okay? So alright. The Second Amendment guarantees the right to well regulated militias. You've probably heard this argument from liberals before that well-regulated militias did not necessarily need to be interpreted as guaranteed civilian firearm ownership. Those arguments are correct. Uh, they may be liberal, but they are correct. The Second Amendment could be interpreted constitutionally and totally fairly in a way which does not allow for a guarantee of civilian firearm ownership. For that reason, my positions are not, like, constitutionally derived. 
whenever I mention the Constitution as an example of why gun control would be hard to pass, I'm not referring to the Constitution itself, but rather to the popular interpretation of the Constitution. Um, obviously, well-regulated militias being sort of interpreted to full civilian ownership is like a really, really like wild, totally arbitrary, like completely out there um, legal interpretation, you know? Um, so that's, that's a whole different thing. Now let's talk about the history of firearms, okay? Like very, very basically, please God, let it be basic, okay? So back when the Second Amendment was passed, all right, um, muzzle-loading rifles uh, were the, the gun of the land, and you had uh, muzzle-loading pistols as well. And uh, basically, the cool thing about these guns is that they took, um, they took one bajillion years to, uh, to reload, which is, you know, super, super cool. Let me see if I can find a nice, yeah, here we go. Let's just, let's just get like some guy in some weirdo his history outfit. Yeah, there we go. The, the good old flintlock rifle. We can go back that far. So the basic way that a firearm works, okay? I'm, I'm going way back there. You know, let's, let's get a, let's get a handsome gun up here because, uh, however you might feel about guns, I think most people can agree that uh, they did a good job with engraving some of those older rifles. You know, this isn't common anymore. That This would have been very expensive back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, the, basic way, the basic way that a gun works is this, okay? There are two basic... Again, we're not being super thorough here, okay? There are two basic types of guns, okay? There are pistols and long guns. You probably know the difference by looking at them. Pistols are pistols. Long guns are long. You get it? All right? Now, the fundamental way that a firearm works is by igniting an explosive. Uh, the explosive expands into hot gases, which push a bullet along a barrel. Uh, and then when the bullet goes out the barrel, it is stabilized uh, nowadays by um, rifling within the barrel. But back in those days, it was just a ball that would spin, you know, but it would be, it'd be stabilized in, in direction. And uh, then it would hit someone else and it would make a big hole in them. You know, the old guns, like flintlock pistols and flintlock rifles, their, um, their, uh, their bullets were very big and very heavy compared to the ones we have today. In fact, so big and so heavy, and they moved so slowly, you could actually catch them out of the air. Like that, you know? Um, crazy, I know. But uh, you can't do that anymore. Um, there were a couple of reasons why... That's not true. Don't try that. There are a couple of reasons why bullets and guns used to be like that. So, first of all, uh, firearms were a lot less accurate back then because barrels didn't have a groove set in the interior, which would cause the bullet to spin. Bullets back then were literally just spheres of iron that would be shot out. Additionally, because they were um, loaded from the front, like from the barrel, like from all the way in the front of the rifle, uh, and they were powder loaded, like you would literally like dump black powder in there and like, poof, 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 you know what I mean? Like, like tamp it down. The issue with that is that that process is going to cause a lot of gaps in the, uh, in the barrel that, that allow the gas to escape around the bullet. And it just makes the whole process like really, um, really inefficient and kind of ramshackle. 
Bullets weren't always the same size. You know, nothing was ever perfectly shaped. It was unsafe. It was inconsistent. A reload time for uh, flintlock rifles back in the day was... I looked this up, and there are a ton of sources on this, and it really depends on what level of technology we're dealing with here. But, like, it could be, like, a minute. They would later be able to get this down to around five per minute, uh, especially when they invented um, cap and ball loading, which you had, like, uh, paper cartridges, or paper, um, like, like, paper bundles of black powder, rather than having to, like, tamp the, the, um, the black powder in itself. But... The thing that I'm getting at, and the reason why I'm getting to all of this, is because back then, like, the idea of doing a mass shooting with guns like this was ridiculous. In fact, the idea of, like, gun crime back then was, like, a totally different thing. And the reason for that is, like, if it takes a minute to reload a pistol, what are you going to do <laughs> in, like, a... You know, like, what a highly inaccurate firearm with where it takes a minute to reload. Like, what, what are you going to do? Right? Back in those days, back in the Revolutionary War, most of the deaths that took place during battle, I believe, were due to bayonet charges. Um, so basically, like, both sides would, would line up in, in, in formation, and they would fire, and they would do that for as long as they could until both sides got close enough. And then they would stab each other to death with, with bayonets. And that would be like the majority of, of deaths done to combat because a lot of people died of infection disease as well. And when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because like a, a, a knife or like a sword as a weapon can kill as quickly as you can swing your arm. And bullets back then... <laughs> required like two minutes of looking like a poindexter you know what i mean like you fire one shot and then you have your rifle up and you're like oh, okay uh, oh geez oh, go oh, go oh golly tamp the powder oh god it wasn't the right amount you know and like it's like okay <laughs> you know the beginning of what i would consider to be like i don't know the modern like, modern firearms in the context of civilian availability of, like, high-destruction, like, firearms would have been the inventage, uh, 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 the invention of the cartridge. Um, so the cartridge is the modern bullet. A cartridge is when you have a single, you know, a, a single thing, and it's got the powder, and it's got the shell, and it's got the bullet. And then you just put that in, kablamo, you know, you... You, you, you cock a revolver, you pull the hammer back, and when you pull the trigger, the hammer hits forward, and it hits the firing pin on the back of the bullet, and that activates, you know, it makes it go boom, and then the bullet comes out, you know? And I think cartridges were invented back in the 1840s, but they didn't really get implemented until the 1870s. So um, that would have been, uh, let me see, 1870s cartridge revolver. That would have been, they would have looked, they would have looked, you know, a little, little something like this, you know, give me a, give me a picture, would you? Yeah, there we go. In fact, cartridges were so much of an upgrade over the previous type of revolver, which was the cap and ball. Uh, where you would have little paper cartridges you'd put in before the shot. 
um, that people would do conversions on pre-existing revolvers. They would literally, like, rather than get a whole new gun, they would, like, th they would get and replace, like, hand alter the firearm in order to accept the modern cartridge. Because it was such an upgrade, you know? I mean, think about it. In the span of one invention, with a revolver, you go from, like, tamping down powder and getting the powder in and a little shot ball and everything, you know? Or, alternatively, you just load six bullets. You're done. Like, the upgrade in terms of how effectively you as an individual with minimal training can go about killing people is huge, instantly, you know? And, of course... Over the 150 years since then, there have been many, 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 many upgrades to uh, firearms. Um, but nowadays, in the world we live in today, when we talk about weapons used by civilians to kill other civilians, we're generally talking about two things, okay? We're talking about modern pistol grip rifles a la the AR-15, and semi-automatic handguns. We'll just say a Glock 19 for, for examples. So let me show you what those look like. The AR-15 is a miracle of a rifle. It is uh, cheap. It is incredibly easy to get a hold of. It is incredibly modular. It is reliable. I think you can get these for like 800. Um, you can do just about anything with it. Uh, and uh, as you can see, it has a pistol grip. That's what this means right here when you when you're when you're holding it just like this. Um, and yeah, you could yeah just for for about yeah about eight hundred I think you can get like a, a highly modular. How much is ammunition? Ammunition for most like bullets, it's going to be like thirty three cents to sixty cents per bullet right now, depending on a variety of factors. Um, which means that you can fill up a uh, thirty round magazine for about fifteen bucks. Wow, it's that cheap. You say that, you think it's cheap till you spend time at the range, okay? Yeah, about 50 cents for 556 NATO. And these uh, these guns chamber 556 NATO. So, um, why is it called a gun? I have no idea. Because uh, it roots, it toots, it points, it shoots, all right? So, anyway, this is like the modern... There's a reason this gun is used in so many mass shootings. And the reason for this is because as rifles go... It is a, I thought this was an M16. I googled uh, AR15 and this picture came up, okay? So if this is actually, you know, it all look pretty similar to me. You know, I'm, I'm racist against uh, 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 plastic molded guns. They all look the same to me, all right? Yeah, the M, yeah, yeah, it's, they're, they're highly related. They're incestuous cousins of firearms. Gun blind. Look, same basic point. Um, but, um, the other, um, the other thing you're going to see here, hold on, is a modern semi-automatic firearm. This right here is a Glock. That's a Glock 19. It's a very popular firearm. Like the AR-15, it is plastic injected, which means that it's very cheap to make the parts, highly modular, extremely popular, uh, very effective, very reliable, very cheap. What, do you, what can you get a Glock for? Like 600? Four to five to six hundred. It's it's not much. You can get a Glock pretty cheap. No, you can get them as cheap as like four hundred, can't you? Thereabouts, you know. Um, they are very cheap and very effective firearms. This one fires nine by nineteen. 
uh, millimeter parabellum ammunition. Um, the thing that's remarkable about modern handguns is their ammunition capacity relative to the handguns that I was describing earlier. Revolvers generally have six rounds of ammunition. Modern pistols can hold like 18 to 22, depending on how they're chambered. Um, which, like, the idea of something that can fit in your pocket carrying 20 rounds of ammunition is, well, it's pretty remarkable in terms of the capacity a civilian has to in inflict violence on others. It's a huge upgrade. So, the reason I'm singling out these two guns is because when we're talking about gun crime that we want to prevent, we're usually fixating on these two. See, these aren't the only types of guns that people use frequently. In fact, um, ownership of these types of firearms, I believe, is actually less common than two other types that you're not going to see me talk about here. Hunting rifles and hunting shotguns. See, a great many people, as archaic as it may seem to us, you know, urbanite zoomers, um, a great many people actually do, like, just live out in the sticks and have guns that they use to, like, shoot coyotes that are threatening their like stock or whatever or like they go out hunting and you know i'm not going to pretend that i understand much about hunting culture or whatever but i will say this with great confidence this weapon right here is not a weapon that is used very often against civilians it just doesn't happen um rifles that have the rifle stock that is to say here you can you can tell the difference here pistol grip right here rifle grip you see Weapons that look like this are just generally not used against other people for a variety of reasons. The length, the gun is too long and makes it unwieldy. It's impossible to conceal. Um, it, you know, generally low magazine size. Uh, you know, the, the, the gun is just, the gun is configured to kill moose from 300 feet away. It's not configured to go into a school. I'll say that much. Um, likewise with hunting shotguns, you know, uh, Shotguns are a very common and very cheap. You can buy a shotgun for less than two hundred dollars. I th in fact, I believe that a a hunting shotgun might actually be the cheapest, like in general type of firearm. I've seen it in stores for less than two hundred. These things get really, really inexpensive. They're really fun to shoot. I've never fired a shotgun. All I know is that they're loud. Um, these weapons are also generally not used against civilians for a couple of reasons. First of all, shotguns are actually pretty unreliable uh, weapons of death for other humans. The way buckshot works, the way they're, 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 you know, the shells in, that are loaded into it work uh, means that you get a spread of fire, which is not as effective for like ensuring like the death of anything in front of you unless you're very, very close. Um, it's generally used for killing like smaller animals from a moderate distance or big animals from a close distance. You know, it, it like... This isn't just, it's its not something that you would just run into a school with. What about an auto shotgun? The Spaz-12, which is the auto shotgun that everyone knows about, holds like six rounds. You could put 30 in an AR-15. Shotguns are just not, that's thats not to say, this is incorrect, but shots deadly out to around 100 yards. Yeah, but not as reliably so. Uh, it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, okay, please, 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 please. I'm not. I'm not saying that you can go, like, your friend can be, like, 100 yards down the range and you can shoot at them with buckshot and, like, they'll, they'll just get, like, BB gun pelleted or whatever. I'm saying that in, in terms of if a person is about to trade their life for the death of a bunch of civilians, there are different levels of reliability and effectiveness in close, water, uh, close quarters anti-civilian combat that you're going to get from a hunting shotgun to a modern pistol grip rifle. 
for those reasons, these are the two guns that you see, not these guns specifically, but these types of guns, that crop up really frequently in firearm crime. These guns less so. That's not to say you can't kill people with these. You can. They just don't crop up that often. They can't carry as much ammunition. They're very long and not geared for, like, close quarters combat or takeaway. Their, their grip isn't situated for, like, being fired while standing and moving quickly. It's just, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And I'm only talking generalities, okay? Now, I did some research before starting the stream, and I found some interesting info. Depending on the statistics that you're looking at here, uh, firearm ownership back in 1776, uh, back when the Revolutionary War, uh, yee-hawed, when we yee and we hawed, you know. Okay. A lot has changed between this being the, uh, the type of firearm people use to, I don't know, club each other with, to uh, this being a firearm. You know, there's, there's a very big difference in a wide variety of ways, you know. We've gone from one large, heavy, slow-moving, inaccurate lump of lead moving at about eight feet per second, which you can fire once every minute, to potentially uh, 30 or more um, rounds of incredibly accurate, high-velocity, precision ammunition, which can be fired however fast you can pull the trigger. So. Bit of a difference there. Now here's the thing, folks. America, we got a lot of gun crime. We got a lot of gun crime and we got a lot of mass shootings. A lot of shooting deaths by type. Now, unfortunately, mass shootings are kind of a really dumb way of, um, of, of looking at like the nature of firearm deaths because mass shootings are not that common. Um, they're just not, they're just not that common. Uh, when taken as a proportion of the total number of deaths or moreover firearm deaths in the United States, I think they constitute a percentage of maybe what 0.8% of, um, of firearm deaths. Let's check. Let's check ourselves. Huh? How about that? Uh, let's see. Um, how many Americans die to mass shootings? Can I get some numbers, please? Better numbers than these. This isn't very helpful. 2013 deaths by... Cause. Here we go. Beautiful. 2013 U.S. deaths by cause. Here we have illness. So illness is a big old block, and it's going to include basically every time a person doesn't die from physical trauma. This is old age, cancer, heart disease, illness. Yeah, this is the, yeah, overwhelmingly so. And then over, over here, auto deaths, overdose. Notice how more people die of overdose than guns or auto uh, accidents by a very thin margin. That's terrifying and something needs to be done. It's gotten worse since 2013. Other injuries and then guns. If we take a look at guns over here, uh, suicide, make up the vast majority, homicide, making up less than that, and then mass shootings are a tiny little block down there in the corner. Mass shootings are not that common. Uh, so I don't think it is sensible to base gun policy exclusively around mass shootings. Now, mass shootings and general firearm deaths are two very different beasts. If we're taking a look at firearm Homicides, specifically, here's a critical difference. Most firearm homicides are done with a handgun. A handgun, pictured here, 
uh, is uh, portable. Uh, you can just have it in your pants pocket, you know? A rifle is much larger. It's just, I mean, think about it. Whatever crime you would want to commit with a firearm, why would you want to do it with this when you can do it with this? Right? For the most part, that's how it is. Mass shootings are an exception, because mass shootings are generally orchestrated with the specific goal of killing a large number of people, uh, you know, indiscriminately, and that generally requires heavier ordnance, and that's why they tend to use rifles. So, to be a little bit more specific, if we want to specifically target guns used in firearm shootings in general, we would use handguns. If we want to target guns used in mass shootings, we would take a look at rifles. But we're also ignoring the big elephant in the room. The big elephant, of course, being suicide. Suicides make up the majority of gun deaths. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Suicides make up the majority of gun deaths. Okay, fine. They're effective. But if they didn't have a gun around, uh, they would just kill themselves with another tool. Wrong. Moron. Uh, having a firearm in the house significantly increases the likelihood of suicide. Let me find the study. Handgun ownership associated with much higher suicide risk. Men who own handguns are <clears throat> eight times more likely to die of gun suicides than men who don't. And women who own handguns are 35 times more likely than women who don't. That is remarkable. Wow. That is a uh, that is a significant difference that's higher than I expected. The reason for this is pretty um, pretty straightforward. Yeah, guys, I know. Now keep in mind that's only handgun ownership. I wonder why it's specifying for handgun instead of any type of firearm. After all, the demographic most likely to kill themselves isn't like young queer people though they are disproportionately represented, the demographic most likely to kill themselves generally tends to be ill, middle-aged or elderly, white men who are lonely. That seems to be like the big... And those, you know, those groups might kill themselves. They could be rural. They could kill themselves with a hunting shotgun or a hunting rifle. Um, this is not accurate suicide rate to cause... That. Is that true? Soaked on left. I swear to God, last year I looked at a study saying that demographic was the most likely. Maybe on aggregate it declines, but with the white men at middle age who are ill? Like, I did select for a couple of qualifiers there. The only point I'm getting at, you know, I, I'm interested in why the handgun was the specified weapon for increased suicide risk. So, let's, um... Let's, let's, uh... Let's brainstorm here, okay? Let me get a Google Doc up. It's time for us to do some god-darned research. Well, I'm glad I didn't open that with the uh, stream viewing it. That's my tax info. <laughs> you guys don't need to see how much money I make. Hey, <laughs> uh, um, all right, one second. Now, uh, here we go. So what we're going to do here is we're going to select different types of... Um, of, of firearm deaths. And we're going to brainstorm some things that we can do to minimize them. Okay. So, um, here, let me, let me get some basic categories here. Okay. Um, so first of all, uh, suicides, accidents, that's a, probably not going to be able to do that much about accidents. Your suicide attempt rates by age among trans and among all people. What's the yellow? 
USTS? I see. Oh, that's good. I'm glad the uh, figure goes lower. Ah, SDL, here you go. Right here, 50 to 54. That's where all the white boys are killing themselves. I wonder why it spikes up there. Interesting. Well, um, midlife crisis, maybe. All right. Let's do uh, mass shootings. Uh, let's go um, criminal homicides domestic violence um, this seems this seems acceptable I think yeah let's work with this here we'll start with these categories okay so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll begin with these five basic categories. Now let's, um, self-defense. Uh, well, if a, if a, if a gun is fired in legitimate self-defense, that wouldn't be one, that wouldn't be something we want to prevent, right? Look, let's just work with these categories for now. We're basically brainstorming here. Okay. So suicides, some basic stuff. Okay. So we're just thinking of ways to reduce deaths by suicides. All right? Uh, true, SDL. Very true. Okay? Put a heading so people won't be confused. Shut up! Okay? Suicides. So, hold on. Mental health assistance. That's a broad one, not a gun policy. Um, background checks. Uh, if a person has a history of mental illness, um, that can be a significant factor. Red flag laws, kind of a, um, a subset of background checks. Now here's a big one, waiting periods. That's a big one right there. See, one of the, one of the big reasons why, uh, firearms increase the likelihood of suicide, because oftentimes suicidal ideation is like a quick spike. People have, uh, you know, uh, uh, a temporary void of sensibility that makes them want to kill themselves. And if they're feeling impulsive in that time, you know, nothing kills quickly like a gun. There really isn't any other reliable method of suicide that you can immediately produce in that way. You know? Uh, yeah, you're opposed to suicide, right? I am indeed opposed to suicide. Um, and let's also go with, um, safe storage laws. We'll take a look at that. Take a look at that. Accidents. Mandatory training. That's all I can think of. Safe storage laws. Yeah, get good. Mass shootings. Okay, here we go. Assault weapons. Ban. Shut up. Assault weapons ban. That's a big one. Uh, mass shootings went up after the 2004 lack of a renewal of the 1994 assault weapons ban. Oh, did I do a capital? Yeah, okay. Uh, mass shootings. All right, here's a big one. Red flag laws. Big deal there. I don't know how effective waiting periods would be. If a person's going to do a mass shooting, they'd probably be willing to wait a little longer. I'd consider that a marginal factor for mass shooting specifically, but still background checks for sure. Mental health assistance. We'll stick to that for now. 
Criminal homicides. Big one uh, for this. Um, pistol bans. Oh, wait, for mass shootings. Um, uh, 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 magazine restrictions. That's a helpy right there. Uh, criminal homicides. Well, this can be addressed broadly, I think, by addressing, like, crime. You know? <laughs> Fix all crime. We'll get that one. I'm talking about, you know, specific things here. For criminal homicides, you can do urban renewal. Yeah. Domestic violence. I think a lot of this would probably apply suicides as well. You know what? Actually, I think I have a better method for doing this. We're going to do a spreadsheet. All right, lads. We're going to take a look at individual gun policies. It should be noted that there are a couple of things that I want to avoid specifically here. I, there are some gun laws that I'm more in favor of, of and some that I'm less in favor of. Uh, uh, hopefully it should be obvious, but the thing that I'm most in favor of here when it comes to gun laws are laws which do not impede the ability for leftists and liberals to arm themselves in the case of, you know, anti-democratic takeovers or broad violence against them. Uh, for this reason, I tend to be against magazine restrictions because that helps and hinders them in equal uh, effect. I'm okay with background checks as long as those background checks are looking for some things and not for others. Obviously, I wouldn't want the feds flagging everyone who ever watched a Vosh video and keeping them from getting firearms, etc., etc. You ever seen Robert Evans talk about the uh, red flag? Let's take a look at um, red flag laws first. That's the first thing that I want to look at. Great. Effects of red flag laws. Red flag laws are an increasingly effective tool. Oh, this is in Washington too, how nice. Uh, extreme risk protection law, often called a red flag law, has been on the books for five years, but most Washingtonians don't even know the law exists, let alone the detail of petitioning process at Shaw, the state's first red flag law advocate. Often people only find out about the law when they call the police to report that a family or household member is making threats or is experiencing suicidal thoughts. Michelle thinks of herself as a translator of the legal... Give me the actual... More states are adopting laws that allow loved ones or police to petition courts to confiscate firearms from people who might be at risk of harming themselves or others. Um, as a general rule, the stuff that I've heard from red flag laws have been really, really, really good. Because often you have like a fucking crazy person who might kill themselves or do a mass shooting, but like there's not enough on them for them to be arrested. Like they haven't been arrested for anything, but there's usually enough for like an officer to look at what they're up to and go like, oh yeah, you should probably, yeah, I've seen Julesy. Um, Oregon courts have issued more than 260 extreme risk protection orders while the 2017 law is working well. It's not as widely used as it ought to be. Most people haven't even heard of red flag laws, which is not surprising to me. It's not talked about as broadly. I want to see if there's any data on this. How recently have these been implemented? Every town research. Let's see. Do we have polling data? Between 1999 and 2021, at least 17,000 extreme risk petitions were filed. The majority of these petitions have been filed since the Parkland shooting. The use of these life-saving laws did not stop during the COVID-19 pandemic, with at least 8,014 petitions filed across the country in 2020 and 2021. Do we have data? Key findings. Connecticut saw a 14% reduction in firearm suicide rate. That's actually pretty significant. 14% reduction in firearm suicide rate, huh? I guess we would have to see how much of that was done 
with other tools? Yeah, Dusty Poncho, I'm looking for data right now if I can. Let's see. Indiana, firearm suicide rate decreased by 7.5%. Like Connecticut, another study estimated Indiana's extreme risk law averted one suicide for approximately every 10 gun removals. Well, that's pretty nice. In every town, original analysis of mass shootings from 2009 to 2020 revealed 56% of shooters exhibited warning signs they posed a risk themselves or others before they carried out the shooting. These warning signs are even more apparent among perpetrators of school violence. Yeah, I heard of that. In 77% of shootings, at least one person most often appeared knew of their plan. A recent study in California details 21 cases in which a gun violence restraining order, California's name for an extreme risk order, was used in efforts to prevent mass shootings. In one case involving an employee who threatened to shoot a supervisor and other employees at a car dealership if he was fired, a manager informed the police and a GVRO was obtained the following day. Damn! That's pretty fast! Imagine cops doing something. Hey, a co-worker said he was going to shoot up the place, and then the next day, the cops are fucking peeping. Five firearms were recovered through the order. Damn, that's, that's, uh, you know. An extreme risk law passed in 2018 in Maryland has invoked in at least four cases involving significant threats against schools. In Seattle, I live in Seattle. That's me. According to the city attorney's office, the use of ERPOs has been effective of temporarily preventing access to firearms by students who threaten violence against themselves, the school, and other students. I don't know if I would trust the city attorney's office as a judge of this. However, the information here seems good. This is from California. It seems like the number of GVROs being issued in California is going up every year. Why are so many of them in San Diego? Wait, what the fuck? Why are so many of them being done in San Diego? Wait, all of Los Angeles is 146, but San Diego is 10 times that? Marine base? Oh, shit, yeah, it might be the uh, Navy. Seems like the overwhelming majority of these GVROs are being done by law enforcement, not by the family. I'm not fully comfortable with that. I mean, that's basically just the cops saying, like, yeah, let's take your guns away. I wonder, what is the petition rate? Like, if, if you feel that there's been an unfair GVRO issued against you, how do you fight back against that? If a judge determines an individual to be a risk and issues a GVRO, the order temporarily prohibits them from purchasing or possessing firearms or ammo, allows law enforcement to temporarily remove any firearms or ammo from their possession, and includes procedures to allow the individual to ha have, it, have their stuff returned at a later date. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah, if you can request a hearing... I mean, yeah, okay, you know. We're not going to get any perfect answers here, but... Oh, we just saw this one. If the hearing's denied, you lose your guns for a year. Okay, you know what? I'm too lazy to write out the effectiveness and downsides. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put a little yes. Man who killed 17 people at Douglas High School in Parkland as it had attempted suicide as threats to attack a school been reported to local sheriff. A red flag law could have given someone the opportunity to intervene. Yeah, 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 yeah. The red flag law, um... Would have done, yeah, yeah, I, a lot of shit could probably be stopped by red flag laws. Also, um, the recent Buffalo, not Buffalo, sorry, the recent um, Uvalde, Uvalde, Uvalde shooting, um, Uvalde, yeah, was done by, the guy, the guy who did it was like some, some fucking psycho who like decapitated a cat or something, right? But apparently the kid's mom was defending him, so the mom might be psycho too, I don't know if she would report it. It's like the red flag law if they had one. Uvalde? Uvalde. Okay. 
He abused animals and threatened to rape girls. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like uh, animal abuse should be treated the same way domestic violence is when it comes to um, background checks and red flag laws. Um, domestic abuse and animal abuse are the two, like, big, huge precursors, I think. Like, the biggest precursors for shit like that, because they, they're, they're psycho, they're joker-moded, you know? Alright, I'm giving this one a yes. Alright, time to get the cunty lib shit out of the way. Effects of magazine size restrictions. I should have bought that 100 round drum magazine while I could. Cato Institute has a article saying that uh, quote-unquote high capacity magazine restrictions don't do shit. We can trust the Cato Institute, can't we? Here, I'll look for some general data. The effect of large capacity magazine bans. They're just standard capacity. I wish they would just call them that. Standard capacity. 30 rounds in a magazine for a rifle is standard capacity. Standard capacity. Not large capacity. That's the regular size of the magazine. Let me see SDL. I don't care, Dusty Poncho. All right. Analyze state data, high fatality mass shootings. We first assess the relationship between LCM bans overall. Better on state bans. Between 1990 and 2017, there were 69 nice high fatality uh, mass shootings. Attacks involving LCMs result in a 62% higher mean average death toll. The incidence of high fatality mass shootings in non-LCM banned states was more than double the rate in LCM banned states. Does this control for demographics? Because if not, like, like maybe there's just a general, like, lower rate. Of, I don't know if I trust this. Let me see what SDL linked. Uh-oh. This is what SDL linked. Let me take a look at the methodology. Non-LCM banned states, LCM banned states, population, total number of incidents, non-LCM banned states, annual per billion population, number of total deaths, annual deaths per billion population, deaths per incident number. Note that mass shootings are uncommon enough that we're talking about death per billion population here. That's how we have, that's like, you know, uh, that's for incident. Wait, deaths per incident number? Why are they so close together? If the difference here for total deaths and number of incidents is, my answer is no. Why though? Um, I don't know if I like the idea of basing gun policy exclusively around mass shootings. Any, like, if, if we're doing policies that are going to target hundreds of millions of people and we're basing it off of, like, incidents that are so infrequent that in order to track their per capita rate, we have to go by billion instead of by million. Um, I don't know. That, that seems kind of weird to me. I might reevaluate that. But, like, for now, it seems like this is highly marginal. Let me see if I can... Here, let's, let's look at the assault weapons ban. Assault weapons ban effect. Let's see. Now, if we really want to target this, here, Washington Post, what the effectiveness of, of gun control law... Oh, okay, nice. Do my research for me. I hate doing research. Text kind of small. Get bigger eyeballs. All right, what do we got? Assault weapons ban. Riddle with loopholes, copycat weapons, limited its effectiveness. What, what was even banned under... Here, let me... Hold on. Wikipedia assault weapons ban. Yeah, what, what what are we banning? What criteria? Oh, large capacity magazines. Okay, so this is more like broad sweeping. Prohibition on the manufacture for civilian use of some semi-automatic firearms that were defined as assault weapons. 10-year ban passed by Congress. Definition of assault weapon. Okay. 
Assault weapon included specific semi-automatic firearm models by names and other semi-automatics that possess two or more of a certain set of features, okay? Semi-automatic rifles able to accept detachable magazines and has two or more of the following. A folding or telescoping stock, pistol grip, bayonet mount, flash hider or threaded barrel designed to accommodate one, grenade launcher. All right, well. So you could you could get around this pretty easily. Um, like you can pretty easily have a semi-automatic rifle that has a fixed stock, uh, a pistol grip, and then none of the other stuff. And you could just have basically just like a, like a AR-15. You, you, like, you know, if you, if you could modify it. Semi-automatic pistols with detachable magazines, two or more. Yeah, so if you only had one. Yeah, so you, if you only had one, if all you had was a pistol grip. What about rocket launchers? I see no problem with that. Semi-automatic pistols with detachable magazines and two or more of the following. Magazine that attaches outside the pistol grip. Threaded barrel to attach barrel extender, flash suppressor, hand grip, or suppressor. Barrel shroud safety feature to prevent burns to the operator. Hey. Manufactured weight of 50 ounces or more when pistol is unloaded. Semi-automatic version of a fully automatic firearm. Semi-automatic shotguns with... Um, you could easily get your way around this. I feel like... If, if America just had to deal with an assault weapons ban forever with these rules in place, it would be very, very easy to just build stuff that is, that's fine. But mass shootings did go up afterwards. <sighs> but you know what else went up around this? The internet. I do feel like internet radicalization plays a huge role in mass shootings, so... Uh, like, uh, it's hard to know whether that's the effect right there. I don't... It goes up during election years? What doesn't? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put this down as a maybe for now. I'm trying to get the... I'm trying to get the ones I'm less favorable towards out of the way, like, to begin with. Um... We're, we're just... We're gonna label this one the 1994 assault weapons ban as kind of like, uh, FBI statistics breaking down deaths by weapon. Yeah, you can see here. This is from 2019. We love our we love our FBI crime statistics, don't we, folks? So as we can see, uh, uh, it with with nine. So we're gonna take 2015 with 9,000 total firearm deaths right here. 6.2k handguns, 200 rifles. So 30, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 31 times as many deaths via handgun as opposed to rifles. Not just deaths, sorry, uh, homicides, not deaths, homicides. Uh, and then you have uh, type not stated over here. Uh, rifles, shotguns, other guns, yeah. Handguns are the thing that people kill others and themselves with, for the most part. Knives and cutting instruments, that's about uh, 1,500, so that's uh, like eight times as many as people who die by rifles. Blunt objects, personal weapons, hands, fists, feet, poison, explosives. One death in, 20, uh, in 2015. Fire, narcotics, drowning, strangulation, asphyxiation, other weapons or weapons not listed. Now, it is worth listing the not stated, but I feel like we can't make any claims as to this being more proportionally this, that, or the other. You know, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Pistols are the main thing here. Oh, I know what we can take a look at. Um, gun buybacks. Gun buyback data. Now, this is one of those things where America is going to be in a totally different situation from other countries because we just have so many guns 
Cory Booker wants mandatory gun buybacks. Wow, guess I'm voting against him. Uh, U.S. gun ownership rates. For all the way from Arkansas... Oh no, Alaska. All the way from Alaska down to uh, Delaware. Where's Washington? There we go. About one, one in every four. All right. U.S. gun deaths by type. Suicide, assault, undetermined accidental law enforcement. I like that its own category. Formative findings. Philadelphia was one of the first U.S. cities to try gun buybacks with several programs in the early 1970s. Baltimore uh, offered $50 per gun, roughly $275 in today's dollars. That's... Not bad? $275 in today's dollars? For cheaper guns, you're going to get back like 50% of the worth. Like you're not you're not making a profit. Yeah, it's better than a it's better than a fucking pawn shop. It's fifty bucks and seventy four. That's two seventy five today. Sorcery, Thana. What if I don't have cheaper guns? Then don't sell them to the government. Oh, Seattle did a buyback program. Fall nineteen ninety two. Gun owners turned over eleven hundred seventy two firearms, almost all of which were working handguns. Participants received the bank voucher for fifty dollars, no matter how many firearms they turned over. Wait, that's bad. $50 for any number of firearms in late 1990s money? That's BS. That would be like $120 today for however many guns. Just go to a pawn shop. Jesus. The evaluation did not find statistical evidence that the program had an effect on gun violence. Yeah, here's the thing, folks. I'm not I'm not too big up on gun buybacks. I think I think they're fine. I don't think they're bad. It's just like, think of the things that cause mass shooting, suicide, homicide. I just, I don't, I don't think it's going to get enough guns off the street here in the States. I don't think it's going to hit the people it needs to hit. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I just, I've just, I've never seen anything that makes it effective. Like it's not, it's not bad. Now let's get to something that does matter. Background checks. There we go. Um, Gun background checks data. Now let's see. Yep. St so these are state background checks. Um, how about uh, effects of state gun background checkeronies? Oh, thank you, Spotlight. Just a moment. Can background checks curb violence? They can curb your enthusiasm. Haha, <laughs> I know that's a show. That's a movie or something. This is a broader data review. Okay, all right. And background checks curb gun violence. Let's go. Whoa, all right. Well, why are we so zoomed in here? ABC News. Okay. 27. Those ineligible to purchase guns include people with criminal records, addicts of any controlled substance, people uh, with history of mental illness, those illegally in the U.S., those dishonorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, and subjects of DV-related protective orders. Uh, we're talking about loopholes here, but where where is the data? Despite these loopholes... In 2020, the FBI background check system stopped a record number of more than 300,000 illegal gun sales, and about 42% of those denials were to people with felony convictions, according to FBI data. Wait, I'm sorry, do state background checks not reference uh, 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 federal criminal data? Sometimes they do. 
A 2019 study by Boston University and Harvard University medical researchers found U.S. states with universal background checks for all gun sales and ho had homicide rates 15% lower than states without such laws over a 26-year period. Wait, general homicide rates or gun homicide rates? I really wish they would be less uh, vague with their language. If it's general homicide rates, then 15% would be more than 15% of just gun homicide rates. It would be like... 25% of gun homicide rates, which would be insane. The analysis found moderate evidence that dealer background checks reduce firearm homicide, but evidence of the impact of private seller background checks on firearm homicides was inconclusive. Private seller background checks. Yeah, well, that would be... Read the next two sentences. I hate reading. Analysis 18 gun control policy, the rank corporation. Evaluate existing rate. Found background checks may decrease violent crime. Well, okay. Next to background check. What controlled substance thing would prevent people convicted of having pot from firearms? You guys know that if you smoke weed, you can't buy a gun, right? It's literally on the form that you fill out to the um, ATF. It says you can't you can't have used any restricted substances because the ATF is a um, federal, or sorry, the um, ATF is a federal organization. Weed is federally illegal. Can you just lie? I would never lie. I would never lie to the ATF. We can drink tequila though, right? Of course. Tequila's legal. For firearms purchased through private sources, 50% were acquired without a background check. Other firearms for private sources, likely substantially more common among prohibited possessors. Indeed, a 2004 survey of state prison inmates found that among those who used a gun, only 10% purchased the weapon from a licensed dealer, whereas 70% acquired it from a family, friend, uh, family member, friend, or street source, such as an illicit broker. Damn. That is, uh... Wacky. Here's the thing. You can you can try to close the gun show loophole to a point, but like obviously if a person if a person is like in a gang or they do crime a lot, like of course they're not going to get their firearm legally. Why would they ever fight why why would a person who commits crimes ever fill out a form to the fucking ATF? with their info on it, to legally obtain the firearm they're going to use to do crimes. You know, like, of course they're going to get it from, like, a friend or whatever else. Why would... Jesus. Universal background check policies may do little to limit existing illegal sources of firearms to criminal offenders, and background check policies of their own can prevent such individuals only from acquiring new firearms, not from maintaining possessions of those they own before the prohibited possessor. I'm not an American. How do gangs get guns in the first place? You can literally kick a tree in America and guns will fall out of the branches. It's not hard. You just dig in the ground or like run a run a fishing net through a sewer line. ATF says it's hard to track. Oh yeah, of course. It's basically impossible to fully track like illegal firearm transactions. That being said, from what I'm looking at here, it seems like even if it doesn't catch everything, the data on uh background checks is good. Yes. Yes, Dunsey Poncho. About 75% of murders are done by poor men aged 15 to 30. What race, SDL? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, increasing the cost uh, uh, even by a few hundred dollars per gun is pretty important. Um, wait, I'm not, I'm not in favor of guns being expensive. One thing, one thing that you ha have to keep in mind, especially with like, uh, like, like criminals or people who, um, people who are likely to engage in crime, is that firearms are really, really, really reliable. 
there are literally guns that are being used in Afghanistan right now that were made for like World War One in like the Soviet Union, you know, like or like it's like the the um guns can stick around for a really long time if they're maintained or if it's a really sturdy gun. Uh, so the problem is like a gun that slips out of the system and gets like illegally transferred can keep bouncing around and being used for decades uh, without it falling apart. This is one of the reasons why like like we have a gun problem, but we don't we don't have like a grenade problem. You know what I mean? Like even if you could get grenades commercially for civilian use, it's a one and done thing. Guns stick around. I have heard people argue that uh, ammunition should be uh should have like background checks put behind it because that's something that is differentiates it from guns right ammunition is expensive not easy to buy up in bulk unless you have a lot of money uh um and and it's it's one use you know i mean you can repack if you want but you know it's people generally buy fresh ammo so if you went and you got a background check before buying ammo like there's way less like because a lot, a lot of the, the, the illegal gun market is people selling it from private individual to private individual without a background check. And, um, and like that gun can keep kicking for decades, right? But like, imagine you sell ammo person to person, like that ammo will be gone the next time you use it, right? Ammo also has a shelf life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in favor of background checks. I I'm going to put down MO background checks because I don't know much about them, but I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a, a question mark there because I feel like that might be good. Like, you know, like I, I feel like there, there could, there, there could be something there. Ammunition, ammunition. Yes. Oh, does California have an MO background check? God, California is so cucked. Okay. Hold on. I just got linked this by somebody who does work with the justice dems okay so everyone pay attention every time i'm doing this my my fucking my fucking computer mouse is like right next to my my goddamn six hour problem with regulating ammo is that it's easier to make yeah but it would still be a huge hamper there was just another shooting in tennessee yeah i heard about it okay so automatic weapon bans we already have that don't we well at least in washington you need a special permit for an automatic weapon Background checks. They all required permits and licenses for purchasing guns. Yeah, what would... Yeah, let me... Yeah. In 2007, Missouri got rid of laws requiring people to have a permit to purchase a firearm. Following this legislation change, one study found the homicide rate increased 25%. No other changes... In Jesus, 25%? This sounds like the general homicide rate, too. Yeah, no, like, people don't generally use automatic weapons for anything really and they did the bump stock ban okay so this is um this is firearm permits do you need a firearm permit in washington i hope not okay just for the concealed carry license all right just making sure um wait get a gun permit wait don't i have this oh yeah no wait you just don't have to keep in your wallet okay yeah try to bleed me dry license is required here in california but it doesn't mean much hold on Vosh, why aren't you talking about the racist aspects of background checks when over-policing and over-sentencing of black Americans result in more criminal records for them? Um, because that is a byproduct of pre-existing socioeconomic factors that need to be addressed but cannot be accounted for 
when we're talking about legislation for an issue like this. The enforcement of any set of issues is going to be disproportionate against marginalized groups in the United States, invariably as a product of their marginalization. And while that should be addressed, it's not so like there's nothing we can do about these laws to keep them from doing that because it's the product of like it's like it's like a it's like a carpet having a bump in it and you want to have a bumpless carpet but the floor underneath it is what's causing the bump right but you're choosing which carpet to buy right now what about mandatory firearm safety training yeah i want to look at that too hold on look at this free classified yeah you can just fucking buy guns dude i guess it would really i guess it would really depend on like um the nature of the permit and how difficult it would be to obtain the permit South Africa Firearm Control Act. I want to know more about the South Africa Firearm Control Act. Farm homicide rates don't have methods. Firearm Control Act. Uh, South Africa. Firearm Control Act. Possession of a firearm is conditional on a competency test and several other factors, including background checking of the applicant, inspection of an owner's inspection of an owner's premises, and licensing of the weapon by the police. Introduced in two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Nah, I don't. I don't know if I want to go that far. Exactly. Hold up. Goddamn U.S. of A. Over here. This is a gun ownership was significant protector of firearm homicide rates. Confidence interval this month indicate for every percentage point increase gun ownership. Homicide rate increased by nine percent. Gun ownership was a significant predictor of firearm homicide rates. This model indicated that for every percentage point increase in gun ownership, the firearm homicide rate increased by zero point nine percent. Damn, that's um, that's a pretty that's a pretty strong correlation right there. I have to say. Pulling levers approach attempted by gang violence made gang violence please. The gun used by any member of the gang will result in legal problems for all members. The intent was to create an incentive for gang members to discourage one another from gunplay, thus reversing the usual group norm and support of violence. A key element of the strategy was the delivery of a direct and explicit retail deterrence message to... Wait, what? They're trying to trick people and gangs into believing that every person in that gang will be legally liable for a crime committed by one of them? That can be the case, depending on, like, uh, conspiracy charges, but, like, not always. Gang members in the street handing out flyers explaining the enforcement actions, enforcement mechanisms. An evaluation of the Boston strategy to prevent youth violence found it to be associated with significant decreases in youth homicide, shots fired, and gun assaults. Holy shit, really? Wait, did they did they just lie to a bunch of kids? They just put out a bunch of flyers being like, Ayo, just to let you know, like, if any of the boys in your crew fire a gun, you're all getting in trouble. And then all the youth homicides just went down? I guess it's not illegal to lie. I mean, what? whatever. Yeah, the CDC's inability to study firearm violence is definitely cutting into, uh, yeah. Can you imagine how much more we would know if the CDC had the ability to study gun violence? That's something we should definitely, 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 definitely be pushing for. Yeah, yeah, SDL. It goes up and it goes up and it goes up. People can own guns because they're afraid of crime. Crime can be committed because people have guns. We're only looking at correlations here. And with hundreds of millions of guns in the United States, it's impossible to like fully get rid of them you know the percentage of gun ownership is it's yeah there, there are other factors at play here but it's still important stuff to know huh what a weird approach uh where is the thing on uh uh, uh california mo background check navigating california's mo background okay ammunition regulation in california 
California regulates the following aspects of ammunition, sales and transfer of ammo, people prohibited from possessing ammo, minimum age possess ammo, ammunition gun shows, certain kind of unreasonably dangerous ammunition. Damn, no, um, none of those dragon breath rounds or whatever the fuck they're called. Individuals who sell more than 500 rounds of ammunition in any month have been required to obtain a state-issued business license. Huh. Bosh, how do you square it with removing people's autonomy to end their own life? Look, if people, if people want to end their own life so badly, they can do it without a fucking gun, okay? If people want to kill themselves so badly, then they can do it. They can take some time to think about it. A gun lets them get it over with real quickly. If they, if, if they, if they want to kill themselves so fucking bad, they can find some slow method that decreases the likelihood of them operating on an impulse, you know? <gasps> Is that a fat boy? I can see him. Like oh, yeah. Nah, you made a fat boy. He's so fat. Yeah, nearly all suicide survivors express regret. That's true. What if they make being an anti-capitalist a mental illness and take your guns away on that premise? You know, I've thought about that, and I get where you're coming from, but I feel like any government which would be maliciously anti-socialist enough to define being anti-capitalist as a mental illness would probably just take your guns away anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if they if they had that kind of legislative authority, they probably wouldn't be like, ah, we'll let the socialists have the guns because there wasn't a pre-existing law. Pardon me. Did you see you got dabbed on by Zoe Baker? Wasn't my tweet about anarchism? Probably. I want to give him the Sig Sour, like on his belly. Artemy, do you want to be a little gun boy? Nah, people get mad at me. They take screenshots and say that the gun was loaded or something. Ooh. What? He winked at the camera. He's very good. Give him a grenade. People ineligible to possess ammunition. They control eligible. California prohibits people from possessing ammunition if they're subject to a court injunction. Related to activity as member of a criminal street gang. That's kind of fucking weird. In addition, California's law prohibits people from possessing ammunition if they're subject to a court injunction related to an activity as a member of a criminal street Why not, like, a general... Why not any general court behavior pertaining to, like, homicide, domestic violence, blah, blah, blah. Why, why criminal street gang? <laughs> That's a very weird and charged uh, 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 bit there, you know? Very weird. They already have a DVRO? Yeah, I guess. Also racism? Yeah, probably that too. Uh, any effects? If California is the only... Um, state that has MO background checks, how would we know how effective it is? Before and after, I guess. Let's see. 
This only got passed in 2019 as well. The ammo background checks have done more for going after organized crime than it has mass shooters and the like, illegal ammo resellers and stuff. Hmm, okay. Well, wouldn't, de wouldn't like targeting illegal ammo resellers be an effective way of like mitigating earlier problems about the accessibility of ammunition to people who are buying it illegally? That'd be good, I guess. Um, maybe, maybe yes? Possibly? Maybe? You know? Poss possibly? A little bit? We should get bump stocks out of the way. Well, bump stocks are already banned, aren't they? Uh, waiting periods. This is important. This is a big one. The ammo background check denies you the sale if you don't have a registered gun at the current address. Why are you buying ammo if you don't own a gun? Ooh, that's actually a good point right there, isn't it? Why are you buying ammo if you don't own a gun? That's actually, that's actually interesting. Should there be a limit to how much ammo you can buy in a given time frame? No, I don't think so. The reason being that, like, even the most crazy, gigantic mass shooting situation, you're only going to be able to go through a few hundred. Which, like, what are you going to do? Like, maybe make it so you can only buy, like, buy a hundred a month? Like, you can go through a hundred at a shooting range in no time at all. I don't, I don't think that would be an effective way of preventing. A study of Webster before after rate comparison, not the idea with method. Repeal of Mer Missouri's permit to purchase law correlated with 16% more murder per person. Just murder in general? Murder in general, not even like handgun homicides. Okay, firearm homicide rate. No total homicide rates. This study's methodology sucks, though. I get. I guess I'm okay. I'm okay with with permits. But let's take a look at the waiting period. Uh, let me see. Gun waiting period research. There's got to be research on this. Handgun waiting periods reduce gun deaths. Whew, who could have bet? Waiting period laws that delay purchase of firearms by a few days reduce gun homicides by roughly 17%. Damn. You know, here in Washington, uh, the gun delay is up to, uh, I think, two weeks. But it depends on how quickly the police get back with the background check. So that's, that's, just, by a few, that's just by a few days. I am, uh, I am very principally in favor of gun waiting periods. In fact, I would be willing to be, um, I, I would be willing to be in favor of heavy gun waiting periods. Even if it's, um, even if it's a month. I mean, I would hate it personally, but, like, I can't think of any strong political argument against it. Except for some really edge case argument, like, you know, like, you're, you have a stalker and the police won't do anything and you have, like, this long to get a gun before they attack you or something. Like, some, you know, some shit like that. But it, in, in, in general situations, I, I... People tend to support waiting periods. National waiting period from 1994 to 98 saw a 17% drop in gun homicides. Damn, dude, what the fuck? Look at this. This is a science.org article and the fucking picture they have up front has a guy doing bad trigger discipline. Look at this. What the fuck? Dude, dude, you're in the shop. Probably not loaded. Well, of course it's not loaded, but still. Probably just testing the trigger. If you're testing the trigger, you should have it pointed at one of those, um, the targets they put up at the top of the, at the top of the wall. You point it there and then you test the, uh, the, tr the trigger. Yeah, does he not know about the bullet gremlins? The gun goblin. Here's an insane graph that relates to gun waiting periods. Look how much suicide happens in the first month versus the next 14 years. Is this for... People not dead for suicide by firearm. Wait, help me understand this. Okay, people not dead. This is a bit counterintuitive. Mandatory 10-day waiting period. Fuck, I'm retarded. I can't parse this graph at all. I'm completely retarded. 
suicides by gun decrease after 10 day period. I know that logically. I just don't understand what that has to do with what I'm looking at. No, I think the graph is fine. I think I'm just dumb. I think I'm just the cognitive decline arc. I need to go pee. Maybe this will make sense when I come back. Nope, still makes no sense. Uh, I have no idea what this means. Or do I? No, I have no idea. All right, well, I'm in favor of it. I'm going to go with waiting periods. Get a big, big yes. I'm in favor of waiting periods. Because I don't, I, think, I don't even think there's like a downside, you know? Pelosi's husband arrested for DUI. Oh, as of three minutes ago. Wow. Nice. 82 years old, drunk, and driving. What a giga-chad. What a, what a goddamn giga-chad. Uh, we used to be a nation. We used to be a real country. I mean, yeah, the article is three minutes ago. I respect this. Police attacking another innocent drunk driver. Honestly. Well, I was in favor of permits as well. You know, I feel like I'm more inclined towards gun control stuff than I thought. Uh, I want to take a look at safe storage laws. The liberalism is soaking in. Yeah, well, the, the thing that gets me is that none of this changes my beliefs. I still think that you all should be stockpiling weapons and ammunition and getting to know your neighbors to prepare for the happening. I just, as, as long as this stuff doesn't get in the way with that, right? Only if they're well enough to have the gun right. Yeah, of course, you should only own a firearm if you feel like, you know, well enough to to own it without uh, hurting yourself or others. God, I need a haircut. Background checks, including ending peer-to-peer -peer sale, right? Well, in theory, sure. You know, uh, if that can be done. The only complaint about gun storage laws is that a safe big enough for all my guns is expensive as fuck. Sure, but it's probably cheaper than your than any one of the guns you own, right? I still have my rifle <laughs> leaning against the wall. No, not at all. Well, then you must own a lot of guns. Have you talked about gun show sales loopholes yet? The the it, the issue is that I feel like even if you close the gun show loophole, they would just like do it anyway. It that seems like one of those things where if you if you banned it, they would just keep doing it. You know what I mean? Not to say it wouldn't be a good idea to close the loophole. It just seems like one of those situations where we'd finally amass the political will to close the loophole, and then like nothing changes because you know that they'll just just do it. They'll just, they'll just do it anyway. Gun safe storage laws research 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 shows secure storage practices play a vi Jesus a tongue twister. Research shows secure storage practices play a vital role in reducing the risk of gun violence. How vital? I will never store my firearms responsibly. You can't make me. Where's the research? They said research, then they didn't show any fucking research. Okay, it says here in a bunch of places that unsafe storage of firearms tends to lead to way more gun deaths and accidents, but I know that. I just want to know how effective safe gun storage laws are. What was that noise? Oh, that was my uh, curtain rod creaking from the wind. Sorry. I know it must have sounded very spooky. I'm surprised you heard that. It does sound like a ghost, yes. Opinion on community armories as a safe storage law? Well, I'm in favor of it, you know. Here's a study. I love studies. No, this is a study on what would, like, if people did safely store their firearms. But I don't know if a safe firearm storage law would lead to people safely st storing their firearms. So, what I, yeah, what I, I need... What we, what we really need is the fucking CDC shit. CDC, research, guns, 
bad. The real thing that we need is the fucking, the, the Dickey Amendment taken away. The Dickey Amendment is a provision first inserted as a rider into the 1996 federal government omnibus spending bill that mandated that none of the funds made available for injury prevention and control at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention may be used to advocate or promote gun control. Um, so, yeah, it was lobbied for by the NRA. So basically, the NRA literally lobbied to have a provision to cuck the CDC out of studying gun violence. Like, technically, technically the CDC isn't prevented from studying gun violence, but they're worried that they might get punished if they do. Congress clarified the law in 2018 to allow for such research, and the financial year 2020 federal omnibus spending bill earmarked the first funding for it since 1996. Oh, so two years ago they actually started allowing funding for it again? I wonder what effect it's still having. It's gotta still be, like, chilling, right? While the amendment itself remains, the language in a report accompanying the omnibus spending clarifies the CDC can indeed conduct research on gun violence, but cannot use government-appropriated funds to specifically advocate for gun control. Yeah, okay, so here's the fucking issue here, okay? Even if the CDC can legally research gun violence, that means that their studies can't have a fucking conclusion. Like, most studies that's, like, look at a CDC study. It'll usually end with, hey, so now that we've done a bunch of research in this thing, here's something we could do to fix that problem. Um, but they can't, yeah, they can't draw conclusions in, um, in their studies on gun violence, which is super fucked. Obviously, the conclusions they're going to draw are going to trend towards, like, or at the very least, even if they don't advocate for it, they're going to say, like, if you wanted to reduce this stuff, you could do this, but that this would be gun control, so they can't do that. Study relevant to gun safety storage? Let me see. Oh, yeah, SDL, I've seen this, yeah. Gun thefts are way less common when you have your shit safely stored. If somebody does, like, a burglary and your guns are out, of course they're going to take it, because it's like a thousand dollar machine, they could just yoink. But uh, if, it, if it's safely stored, they're not going to try to crack into a, into a safe. I, I can't find any research on how effective storage laws are on getting people to safely store their guns, so I don't, I don't know what, a, what effect that's going to have. Fuck, I guess I'm a liberal now. Still, I want my, my normal capacity magazines. I want them. Would getting rid of stand-your-ground laws be a form of gun control? Um, stand-your-ground laws are great if you like shooting black people, and I, I don't know. They're a pretty strong political demographic. I feel like it'd be unwise to anger them. Yeah, stand-your-ground laws are fucked. Castle Doctrine's okay, though. Wait, let me make sure I have that right. Castle Doctrine... Castle Doctrine... Castle Doctrine says you have no duty to retreat when you're in your house or your car, right? And the stand-your-ground law says you, you, you never have a duty to retreat, like, anywhere, ever, under any circumstances. Is it, is it, in, is it in England where you never, where, where you always have a duty to retreat? Like, you, you can never... There are places where you always have to run. Just France? That is so fucking cucked. I can't even imagine how cucked that is. Dude, imagine being in your own house and somebody burgles your house... And you're like, uh, me, me, or me, we, we have to go get, get the kids, jump out the window. There is, uh, a burglar. Yeah, you know, you have to run out of your own house. Jesus. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with, uh, Washington state gun laws. Did you say you support assault rifle bans? No, not really. No, I don't, I don't think so. The problem is, is like, I feel like these days, 
there's less and less of a difference between a pistol and a rifle anyway. You know what I mean? Like, a modern pistol can have like 15 to 20 rounds, and then it's like, oh yeah, here's like a $30 plastic like attachment that gives it a front grip, and then put the sight on top, and then kablamo. Like, it's not quite a rifle, you know, but you can put a little butt on there, a little butt stuff. You know, like it's yeah, I don't I don't know. I it seems like it'd be really easy to maneuver around that. I I don't know. I'm less concerned with the mass shooting stuff. I I know this sounds sicko or whatever, but the mass shooting stuff, I genuinely feel like this is a mental health and also a red flag law type deal. Like this is about identifying the freaks. And, and dealing with them before they shoot up people. Because uh, I don't think general targeting of gun law... I, I, I don't know, I don't know. I I feel like when it comes to gun legislation, we should be thinking about gun violence broadly and not like the hyper-specific subcategory that gets the headlines. Every day, like, dozens of people get shot in the States, you know? Without the Castle Doctrine, you don't have a duty to retreat. You just don't have the right to kill them if you don't feel your life was threatened. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, in the in the United States with the Castle Doctrine, if somebody enters your house, like you can just kill them. <laughs> you can just kill them. It doesn't matter how much of a threat it seems like they're posing to you. You can fucking blat blat if they're in your house. Yeah, Sophie Snoo, I just don't know like for mass shootings, how much killing is being done at range? Like for a school for a school shooting, like people are shooting down hallways or in classrooms, you know, like a rifle that lets you hit out targets at like 400 meters with, with a tripod. Like, is that necessary? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the Vegas comes to mind, but that that was a pretty exceptional mass shooting, right? Certainly not a school shooting situation. Not necessarily about the range, but about the stability and accuracy. Well, at, at that range, I don't know how much inaccuracy, like accuracy is really the issue. Any reasonably well-trained anybody really, I, I think with, with basically any familiarity with firearms would, would be a, a incredibly deadly at like in a school situation. So I like, regardless of whether you're holding a pistol or a rifle. So I don't know. I don't know. What about firing speed? Well, rifles and pistols are both semi-automatic. Automatic weapons are banned and not used generally. Or do you mean the velocity of the bullet? I don't know how much of a difference that would make with no armor at targets that are within like a hundred feet. In the Vegas shooter stockpile a fuck ton of guns. Some people have like conspiracy theories about the Vegas shooter. I don't know. I've never even heard about them. People just have wacky theories. Zero mass shootings with automatic weapons. Curious. Well, in a mass shooting incident, I don't think automatic weapons are really even going to be that much more effective than regular semi-automatic weapons. What is an automatic weapon? You hold down the trigger and it keeps firing as opposed to having to keep Hold it down. I could be wrong on this, but the reason, the reason, the reason why sh soldiers use automatic weapons is because they fire in short spurts before returning to cover, and they're trying to lay down suppressive fire, usually at targets a great distance away, and the great distance away means that a larger range of shots increases the effectiveness of the suppressive fire. It's not usually done for like super accurate shooting. The accurate shooting done by U.S. soldiers is done by the designated marksman. The designated marksman is, is the person in the squad whose job it is to kill people from a great distance. And most of the soldiers generally do like burst fire to try to like keep the other people pinned down, I think. But what all this would do in like a school shooter situation, I think, is just like exhaust your magazine way, way, way faster, you know? 
Whereas if you're firing into a crowd, I don't think it would be any more effective. If anything, I think if you're firing into a crowd, having an automatic weapon would not only fuck you up with the recoil, it would also mean multiple bullets would go in the same person, which would decrease the relative efficiency of you trying to kill as many people as possible. So I think that's probably a big reason why automatic weapons aren't even sought after for stuff like this. Because you, 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 your magazine runs out in like two seconds. Like, if you just held it down and did like, eh, like that, like it, like it wouldn't do... Yeah, I, I don't know. Is there a policy we haven't looked at yet we initially listed? I'm satisfied from what I know now. I guess I just wanted to sort out my, my views. I'll probably read donations uh, tomorrow, so for now, we'll just open it up to Q&A, by which I mean I'm just talking with chat. What's up, guys? No, yeah, Thana, I agree. The main thing that bothers me about this conversation about gun control is that a lot of people, like, open the conversation with positions that I really disagree with. So people will be like, oh, you're in favor of hoarding guns. What do you think you're going to do? Fight the U.S. Army? Like, and shit like that. And that really bugs me because, like, that's not, that's not what I'm about. I, you know, it's about community defense for me. You have a bulletproof vest? Uh, no, but I should get one. Yeah, we saw this, uh, Blue Danube. I just don't know how, like, worthwhile it is to direct policies based exclusively on, on mass shootings. I guess the main thing that I'm really curious about when it comes to mass shootings, like, like, big targeted mass shootings, the main thing that I'm curious about is, um, how, what, what degree of impulsiveness is there, right? Like, mass shootings generally aren't that impulsive. Like, sometimes you'll have a person who, like, kills their wife and then's like, fuck it, it's over anyway, and then, like, walks outside and starts killing people. But usually I feel like this is some building resentment thing where they plan and stockpile ammo and weapons and stuff like that. And in a situation like that, it seems like it'd be much more easy for them to get a hold of weapons you know, that they can't legally have, or ammo they can't legally have. I guess it's also worth pointing out that even though it's very easy to get a gun illegally in the U.S., that might not necessarily mean that it's easy for, like, the poindexter nerds who shoot up schools to do it, like these fucking losers, you know? Like, maybe cool kids on the block can get guns illegally because they know, like, the hookups and stuff, but these, uh, you know, these, these dipshits are like, um, they, they, might, they might not have any idea. Well, Kat, because it would be a policy based on an outlier that would affect other stuff. And I do consider it important that my gun be able to go blat blat 30 times. It's very important to me. It's the same as getting drugs. Yeah, it's like getting drugs. Like, if you know how to, getting drugs, illicit drugs, is crazy easy in the U.S. But if you don't know how to, it's like impossible, right? Like, like if you know a guy, then it's the easiest thing in the world. But if you, if you don't, then it's absolutely not. So maybe, like, maybe all this shit that would, like, make it harder to get guns. And, you know, it's like, well, they can get it illegally. Okay, well, school shooters won't. They won't know how to, because they're nerds. That's why they got bullied in school. How do you feel about private gun sales? I, I think private gun sales are, are pretty dumb. I think it should all go through. Um, in Washington, we have, um, I think they're called FTL. Uh, not the video game. It's like firearms, license, something. It's an FTL, um, FFL, thank you. Fe licensed Federal Firearm Basically, it just means it's a place that's legally allowed to facilitate the transfer of firearms. Federal firearms license, thank you, yeah. And all shit needs to go through that. Would you be okay with an age limit? Uh, 18, right? Above the age of alcohol being allowed? No, no, no. Eight, 18 is fine. I, yeah, if you're sending people off to war at 18, it should all be 18, you know. Seems dumb otherwise. How do we manage gift guns? Well, they should go through an FFL. Like, if you want to gift a gun to a kid, you should have to go to, a, to a, a gun shop that's an FFL and go through all the legal paperwork there and transfer it over. 
Should we draft people at 18, though? Look, if they move the military age to 21, then sure, make everything 21. I don't know. Do you think the consistent use of AR-15s mass shooters makes, makes shooters more confident to do a shooting with them? Guns are all pretty good at doing gun stuff, I think. AR-15s are just very reliable and cheap and universally accessible rifles that can be modified to do a lot of things. Yeah, we need to do other more serious research streams in the near future. No, AR AR-15s are very reliable, yeah. How do I suggest a topic or request to speak with you? You, you can email me. I can't make any promises, though. Um, I generally turn down people when they want to talk to me, usually because people just want to talk to me, and I like debating people. Thoughts on NFT guns? True. My bro just got an AR. Cool. I just recently got a Sig Sauer P227 Gen 2 SDX carry. Yeah, Bow the Fifth Column is nice. Very nice weapon, yeah. You just make these names up, don't you? Must stop in power. It's 45 ACP. Shut up. Everyone likes 45 ACP. Even people who pretend they don't. Should 3D printing guns be made illegal? Uh, yeah, I, may, maybe. I'd have to think about it. I don't know how effective it would be, though. Like, anyone who wants to 3D print a gun is gonna 3D print a gun, right? Also, can we be real? Like, are 3D printed guns even, like, reliable at all yet? Do you have any idea how tight the tolerances are for fucking firearms? Like, they're so... We're talking, like, a hundredths of a millimeter on all these parts. Yeah, and then, and, and then, yeah. Yeah, for, like, one shot, sure. But, you know. My experience with 3D printers has given me the impression they're not especially reliable. It'll be like the zip guns? Yeah, it's just here in America, like, you can get a gun so easily. If you require 100% background checks, you are requiring registration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please check this out. No, 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 no. Links, 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 links. Do you have any laser sights or tactical optics? Uh, no. I want to, uh, I want to get better with, uh, with the dry firing first. That's the thing that I'm trying to work on right now. I feel like, um, I feel like, like, it feels like a crutch. Anyone can fire accurately if they have a laser sight on their pistol, right? Like, it's pretty hard not to. But I want to work on the on the on the grip stability first, you know, to make sure that I can be accurate with that one, and then after that, like the optic would be like an addition to it, you know. Yes, I know dry firing sounds like a euphemism, but it's about getting the basic like hand movements. I've actually gotten way, 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 way better when I started doing the dry firing shit with the fucking this this thing, the uh, the the little motion sensor thing. I was getting like 70 to 75 on all the tests with both hands, and now I'm able to get like 93 reliably with both hands and around 89 with one hand, right or left, which I'm really, really happy with, you know? I feel like if that were to, if that were to transfer to like actual range shooting or whatever, it would be, um, I feel like I'd be so much more accurate now. I need to go wet fire. Yeah. Go to the range and wet fire. Yeah, I love wet firing in your man. <laughs> So you're ambidextrous? I'm not ambidextrous. There's still a lot of shit that I need to clean up. Uh, I tend to pull the trigger a little bit to the right, like very, very little. And I also do the one eye closed thing while shooting, which I shouldn't do. Because if you're like actually shooting in real life, like in a real life defensive situation, you would never want to like, like, you know, like, like with one eye open, you know? So, um, so I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to work on that as well. Yeah, unless you're a pirate. And I thank you, Carl. I do like talking about civic landing though. What do you think of the IMF giving loans to Ukraine without canceling their outstanding loan? Do you think they'll try to debt trap Ukraine? Absolutely. Are you kidding? 
after this war is over, if Ukraine wins, they're going to be like crazy reliant on the EU and like the West broadly in order to rebuild. And the IMF, the greedy fucking vulture vampire pieces of shit, are going to do everything they can to sink their claws into Ukraine to make them like totally fucking reliant on independent. Probably going to disincentivize like, you know, internal domestic growth and production in favor of like exporting and importing everything. I haven't seen it, Natalie. You never shot it? No, no, I've shot it. Unfortunately, um, I bought some ammo that doesn't work that well with this. I bought some steel jacket 9mm that just did not work that well with this gun. So I've got like a thousand rounds of 9mm that I need to uh, get rid of. I have some other 9mm guns though. I can fire it through those. Yeah, I know, 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 I know. I wanted 9mm and regular bullets were like twice the price. It was just a bad week for, for ammo prices, okay? Getting the cheap Russian shit? Yeah. Despite universal gun background checks pulling by 70% and lost by 2% in Maine. Yeah, like, even if this shit is popular, that doesn't mean people are going to vote for it. It's because fucking boomers are the ones that actually turn up to vote. Well, at least on the plus side, we have the fact that the NRA is bankrupt and is not spending as much money on gun advocacy. Where do I find the email? It's voshvide at gmail.com. That's also in the about section of my YouTube channel. I'll see, Dragon. Is the SRA a joke? No, I think it's fine. Do you not think you're kind of disincentivizing control yourself? What do you mean, Cat? What do you think about how the gun nuts have outnutted the NRA? Uh, well, that happens all the time with the Republicans, right? The people get crazier than the fucking organizations, and the organizations either die off or move right. Isn't the SRA Marxist Leninist though? So go make them based. You didn't talk about toxic gun culture? I wasn't going to. I only wanted to talk about uh, gun control policies today. The NRA is still plenty insane though. You've been doing a lot of anti-gun control streams? Well, the, the problem, Kat, is that a lot of people are both pro-gun control and anti-gun ownership. You know? But I am fervently in favor of gun ownership. And I, and I have to rep that, you know, if people are going to be upsetty spaghetti over the gun control stuff, you know, I feel like the issue has been framed improperly.